Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today, I hope aspiring writers hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And this is my second remote conversation. I'm very excited to have this conversation, have this guest on because he is a personal role model of mine. Um, <laughs> he doesn't live in Atlanta anymore, but um, I, thankfully, because of this, uh, Remote situation, we're able to connect. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Kit Song. Hey, Hello, what's Kit. going on, man? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for being on. And we actually tried doing this in person when you were here for your sister's yeah. wedding, right? Yeah. Um, oh, congratulations to your sister, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It, it looked like it was a, a beautiful wedding. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, so. It was last Saturday. It was on uh, March fourteenth. Um, they're both um, from. Uh, they're both uh, techies from Georgia Tech. So, uh, uh, oh, it nice. was day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, like I mean, they're hilarious like that. But it uh, it was um, obviously uh, on the ramp up during that week. Um, we were getting a lot of news about the coronavirus and things like that. Um, all of our relatives um, in Korea had already canceled. Uh, for good reason, and a lot of our relatives are from Daegu, uh, so um, that's uh, where I, I I was born. My parents are from, and uh, where about, uh, a lot of relatives live. Um, that's kind of like uh, the area ground zero for outbreak in Korea. So we are uh, uh, we're hearing a lot of news from them, um, but mm. they weren't allowed to travel out and things like that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So the wedding itself was um, it was really beautiful. It was pretty intimate. Um, but they had sent out an email not to tra uh, travel extensively, um, mm. to come to the wedding. Um, uh, this was all before a lot of stuff hit the fan too. So, uh, we yeah. weren't really knowing what was going on, but the wedding itself was, um, a lot more intimate. Uh, it actually kind of made it easier, uh, for a lot of people. No. So, um, That's good. but because of that, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, family and the uh, wedding party were, um, uh i'm planning on going into quarantine afterwards so which is why uh, i was supposed to meet you on sunday after the wedding on saturday right but, uh, we had to we had to forego that <laughs> yeah yeah no but i'm glad that happened um because yeah i think it's a it's an opportunity for us to kind of uh, model how we should be behaving um mm -hmm. it's so easy to say this doesn't apply to me and kind of do whatever we want but for us to be able to just say hey let's Let's be wise about this and go ahead and cancel the in-person meet so that you know we can try to keep everyone safe. I, I think that was a that was a great move. I, I was happy to. I mean, as sad as it was to not be able to see you in person, um, I think it was still. Yeah, I, I'm glad we were wise about that. I know, me too. I mean, it's um, it's a a lot easier for you know our generation, millennials, to share information as uh, quickly as a. The virus, uh, virus itself is spreading, um, but mm. we're seeing the images coming out of, uh, you know, China, South Korea, Italy, uh, a lot. Because um, you know, I, I was just talking to Allison about this, how uh, my parents, who weren't being uh, informed or updated as quickly as we were, because when we were like, oh, we're gonna go upstairs and just rest for a little bit, um, and they were just watching TV. Um, really, we're just browsing on our on our phones, but we come back a lot more knowledgeable. I mean, a lot of misinformation is out there too, but a lot more knowledgeable of the uh, state of affairs on the other side of the uh, of the world. 
Um, and yeah. seeing that it prepares us a lot more emotionally as well as, you know, that, um, uh, that really uh, informs our actions too. Uh, yeah. But thankfully we're able to do things like that. So, you know, in the midst of all of this, social media allows us to uh, socially distance, but also, you know, um, keep, uh, stay connected as well. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's good and bad that way, but um, yeah, I think it's a generational thing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, so before we kind of get into the meat of the conversation I wanted to have with you today, Kit, um, uh, could you give us a, a brief introduction um, to kind of who Kit Song is? You know, um, everything ranging from like kind of what you're doing right now, where uh -huh. you're living, you know, like hobbies and all that kind sure. of stuff. And even even your name, Kit. Um, yeah. uh, when I, I think I first met you when I was in, I want to say seventh grade or eighth grade. It was back there, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember thinking, wow, Kit is a very unique name. And so if you can give a kind of background as to how that name came about as well. Um, yeah, uh, that's actually an interesting story when you um, when I've really been able to sit and think about it. It, it ties into, you know, us being in our uh, late 20s, early 30s now. Um, we think a lot about legacy and identity and all of that. So whereas before I just took it for granted that my name is Kit. Um, uh, I was able to create a narrative, I guess, by remembering all of these things because Kid only came about because I, before moving to Atlanta when I was 11, I emigrated from Korea when I was six um, to Iowa of all places. Uh, so I think I was one of two Asians in the whole class. Uh, I think the grade actually. Um, so when I first moved over, there was no concept of like, you need to change your name or anything like that. So I came in as like Sung Jun Song. Um, and it didn't take very long to realize that nobody was going to be able to pronounce it. I think I went mm. from like first grade to, um, third grade, I want to say, um, as Sung Jun and then Seung Jun. I mean, obviously nobody could like truly pronounce it. And so it shortened to just June for like a couple months. So this really shows like the turmoil of a lot of, a lot of immigrant children who move over and they're just shifting their identity to whatever, uh, context that they need to fit it into at that time um, mm. and kit really came about because I had some friends who were just like I, I just don't know how to say your name so let's give you to uh, an easy to remember easy to pronounce name um, and so it was actually given to me by these kids um, back in the third grade uh, it wasn't until years later I realized there was a show out at the time called Night Rider where uh, there was a talking car okay. oh. yeah <laughs> um, so because I, I never I, you know it, at the time I was like okay that must be um an American name like these kids are giving it to me who are American um so mm -hmm. I'm being giving I'm, I'm being given an identity here and then it's uh it's it's something um that's always stuck I guess it was just easy to remember and easy to pronounce just the, uh, just like they wanted um a little too easy so uh I was yeah. never able to like quite escape it but um making it mine mm -hmm. Uh, allowed me to, I don't know, function in a, in a, an American conversation a lot better. Mm, yeah. And that's, that's a very familiar story for me too, because my Korean name is Tong Hun. Mm -hmm. So my first name just became Dong. And you know, that, <laughs> that means something, right? There's a meaning, there's a actual, uh, so early on, it was one you of those. You must have gotten so much, bro. <laughs> So much. You don't even know. <laughs> like, it would have been okay if my first name was Tong Hun, mm -hmm. but my parents did Tong first name and Hun as my middle name. So 
like whenever I went to school, it was it's Dong Shin here, right? So <laughs> it it was one of those uh, kind of identity crisis things. Yeah. But you know, like I I think ever since high school, I kind of just owned it. Um, yeah. It's it's actually still my legal name. Um, yeah, like same. I contemplate. Yeah, 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 and I, I just I I could have legally changed it to David when I got my citizenship, but I think um, I just decided, hey, let's own it. Let's uh, not forget my my past, my heritage, and so yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so so like, what what is it that you're doing in uh, Colorado right now? Because um, you're originally from Atlanta, right? I am. So um, I lived in Iowa for five years, and I started middle school in Atlanta. Um, so starting from 11 to um, about three and a half years ago, uh, I've, I've been living in Atlanta. We moved out here in August of 2016. Um, my wife, Allison, um, and my best friend, Josh, she was my best man in the wedding and everything. The three of us all moved out together in August 2016. Um, I am currently a customer service representative for the city of Fort Collins um, under parking services and transport in the uh, the PDT, the planning uh, development and transportation department. Um, it's, oh, okay. yeah, it's, a it's, uh, it's a challenging job. Uh, I mean, every city has an infrastructure and, uh, and parking services is just one of those things that's just never going to be quite loved. Um, it's, mm. uh, it's, uh, the maintenance of uh, traffic codes and things like that. Um, uh, just maintaining order is, is, is the goal. Um, so in that, in that way, learning how to be compassionate and like actually seeking purpose in like, this is what I'm doing is contributing to the city. However, no one's going to act like that. Um, that's, uh, that's sort of a kind of like a feeding yourself kind of thing. Um, you're not going to get too many, um, yeah, compliments about it. We get it here and there just, uh, every once in a while, somebody, you know, feels generous with their words. Um, but other than that, mm. it's, uh, it's serving directly to the community and because Fort Collins has grown so quickly with, especially within the last eight years, um, parking has really become a commodity, I would say. Um, and so in that way, I feel like I grew a lot in the job itself, just having to, um, uh, just raise the emotional capacity that I am. Uh, that I was I, I had been given, um, and yeah, man. And in the last three years, it's a, it's been a lot about patience and things like that. But in the end, it's it's just extremely gratifying work. Okay, how did you kind of come about that? Was that just is that something that you studied, or was that just because you stumbled into it, no, um, it's, looking for a job, or it was um, it was actually Josh. Uh, it was uh, administrative, so he he had already had the job from. Uh, before I got over because mm -hmm. uh, one of my jobs in Atlanta uh, was with Starbucks. So all I did was transfer and we we're just going to see like what's going to happen for if we live here for a year or something like that. Because uh, Allison mm -hmm. and I were really thinking about um, just settling them down. Um, so it was kind of like a let's take an adventurous year here out in Colorado to see. And obviously, if we fail, we have everything that we are or we were already doing back at home that we can just move back to. Uh, we came out, mm -hmm. so I transferred um, just Starbucks locations, and then uh, actually I uh, got a new job at uh, the Hilton here. Um, and then Josh uh, started it with the city in November uh, of 2016. So he was here about three years mm -hmm. before he got that job. Um, and then, so he told me about the uh, the open position and things like that. Um, and the city really just really takes care of their employees. Um, and you can see it. Like when I go out to Fort Collins, I can see it all working. Um, people vote like, like, you know, they're, they're like, they're, you know, community dependent on it. So, um, mm. it, it was a respectable job. 
um, that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, and because Josh already was already in there, he, um, he was able to, uh, uh, informed me that the job was even open to begin with, but also just uh, let me uh, fill me in on like what kind of work that they do. Um, and the more he talked about it and every day he came back from work, just like uh, super pumped up about how he was contributing to the community and things like that. Um, and so when I did go in for the interview, I think it seemed as if I was pretty passionate about the job. Um, mm. And so I think that's, uh, that's what really came across, hopefully anyway. Um, but while I've, I've been there, yeah, it's uh <laughs> Uh, it was tough, man. It, it, we worked with a lot of um, a lot of traffic codes, and nobody nobody likes ever having to deal right. with traffic codes. Um, yeah. But yeah, once we got there, uh, it was kind of funny because you know Josh, right? Josh Ma. Yeah, um, yeah. He's mm -hmm. yeah, he's about the same build as me, about the same height as me. Uh, but we work in we're in the same department, but different locations. Um, so yeah, people would be like they'd be coming from the building that he was just at and come to the building that I'm at and just be like, how'd you get here so fast? <laughs> <laughs> Asians. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're less than 2% here in Fort Collins. So it's like, uh, when you see two Asians in one day, you're just, it's, it's yeah. Um, but other times they'll, they'll be talking to me and then they'll be like, Hey, so do you know, um, do you know, Josh? who works at administrative mm. at this other building and in my mind i'm like you're only asking me that because we're both asian but then yeah. that's when i also have yeah. to be like yeah he's my yeah. best friend <laughs> 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 he was the best man at my wedding uh, um so but um yeah as for the job itself i mean it was just something i came across because uh because my best friend was able to inform me about it but it's it's some of the best years and some uh, some of the most growing that i've done um, so I'm really grateful for it. Wow. Wow. And so that's kind of your day job. But you, when I alluded to you being my role model before, um, there is a very creative side of you. <laughs> and I'm sure the listeners can already tell kind of just by how articulate and eloquent you are in your speech. Um, but you, you're... You're a writer as well, right? I'm trying. I, I'm definitely trying. trying. Yeah. The... Um uh the writing side of me also came about around that time when i got the name kit um in the third grade i was oh. reading a lot because i didn't have too many friends so i was trying to learn the language by reading so my mom would prolifically take me to the air or uh the uh, the library there um and so i just started reading a lot and then that made me fall in love with it if anything um and then you know for kids if you love anything you're gonna you're gonna try to emulate it um, so yeah. in all the hours I had by myself back then, I just, I, I just started trying to write, um, by fourth and fifth grade, I was, um, impressing the teachers enough that I went to a, like a writer's workshop for the County for all the, uh, the age group, uh, in that County in Iowa city. Um, wow. and then, and then the teacher the next year sent me again, they they were like, we're not supposed to send you more than once, but we're going to send you again. So I got to go two years in a row. Um, from there, the love of writing really became something uh, uh, I wanted to pursue because I realized I was good at it. Like there was a point where I didn't know much English, so I was reading a lot and then trying to write a lot. And then I was writing enough. When I looked around, I realized I was writing better than the American students around me. So uh, it wow. was it was a pursuit of, of of my identity again, I guess. Uh, but it was just mm. just fun, man. It was it was just a good thing to do. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know how. Um, so I do have, and you know, you know this because uh, you're reading it. But I do have a novel that I'm working at on right now. Uh, right now, yeah. Um, it's called uh, "Little Lights in a in a Wretched Place." It's a zombie esque novel. They're not exactly zombies because they're not the undead. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm not done with it. But I was done with like 250 pages worth. So I sent it out to you and about 20 other people um, just for feedback. Uh, mm. And then I'm working on the ending right now. With that, I just kind of started with the ending and uh, went backwards from there. Um, but writing itself has been um, uh, an outlet for me, I guess, um, a big part of my identity. Uh, I, I don't have an anything published yet. So uh, I'm not mm. officially a writer, but uh, other than that, I journal like crazy. Uh, so the reason why I uh, alluded to you being my role model is um, so I self-published the yeah, book um, yeah. on it's Amazon. On my, uh, I, it's I, on my uh, bookshelf right now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but um, I remember one of my fond memories of you was I think we were at attending Humpy uh, Church together mm -hmm. and you were we were at a retreat and it was right before we were about to fall asleep, mm -hmm. but you were reading this really thick book. <laughs> And I remember asking, what are you doing? And like, is that for school or something? And you just said, no, I just enjoy reading. Um, and that like struck me. I was like, who enjoys <laughs> reading? And, and then um, after that, like I, I see you kind of writing all these things on Facebook. You had a, a blog. I don't know if you're still doing the blog. Uh, um, kind of, uh, I think the focus at the time was kind of the Korean American identity. Oh, yes. Unico, um, yeah. Unico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and I remember reading that and I, I just mm -hmm. thinking, wow, like writing is something that even we can do. Yeah. And like we as in like not older white people, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And I think um, that's kind of when even I was like, there was a kind of a subconscious uh, permission that I received oh, no to want to uh -huh. write. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I just remember thinking you were one of the best writers I, I had the pleasure of Dude. reading. Yeah, because like people uh, post stuff all the time. Like there are a lot of people who post uh -huh. things, but um, you can tell that you've actually like really worked on honing your craft. Um, so like even now, as I'm reading uh, uh, Little Lights in the Wretched mm -hmm. Place, I'm like really just kind of blown away by kind of like your writing structure, how you kind of piece the story together. Thank you. And yeah, I'm not that far in. I think I'm on chapter four. Can, actually, can we talk a little bit about about sure. it, or are you kind of keeping it up? No, rest? we can talk about it. Uh, I mean, anything. Uh, it's not even something like I would want as many people to know about it as possible. If if it'll <laughs> if it'll help them read it. So if any, if there's anybody listening right yeah. now who just wants a PDF copy of that, you, you, you just let me know, and I'll go in and send it to you. Um, again, it's not finished, so it's like the first 250 pages, but I've edited, re-edited, re-edited, re-edited it, and just, I'm not just, I'm just not going to touch it anymore. Um, so mm. just the fair warning that I, it, you won't get the whole thing. Um, I'm hoping to be done with that. I've said March, by the end of March, and then I'm, I'm saying now by the end of June. Um, but mm. that might, that's most likely going to change again, but, um. But yeah, man, I'm just trying to get it out there. It's just a fun story to write, so I'm hoping it's a fun story to read. Disclaimer, it is a little violent. No. Um, 
it's a zombie-esque uh, novel. So yeah, just putting that out there. Right. Can, can I ask you, how do you pronounce the, I don't know if it's the main character yet, but the, the son, is it Kari's? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it, Kari's. Kari's Oh My, mm -hmm. is it? The last name? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I'm really, I think the premise is actually really great um, because when you think of zombies, you think just dead people coming to life, but this is kind of a uh, attempt at engineering super yeah. soldiers gone wrong, right? Um, and even even the way that you explain how that process happens, it's it's just so impressive to read because it's not just, well, they tried making a super soldier serum and they messed up. <laughs> it's you actually kind of walk through the steps of they attempted it, they thought it was good, but you know it like leaked out into the black markets, and so they would. Or, or when it leaked or when people sold it to other people, they would change it up so they wouldn't have the original formula and all that kind of, like all that kind of propagation of flaw upon flaw yeah. upon flaw just kind of being propagated. Um, um, how did, like, what? No, no. Oh, yeah, please, go ahead. Oh, what was your question? I think I think it'll be the answer. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, how did, like, how did you even think of that? And, like, what kind of inspired the whole, whole um, thing? So... To be able to read it and understand it, uh, uh, best way to say it is I I I I I chose the topic of like these like you know um, zombie esque characters that are walking around and things like that. But really, what I was trying to tackle was the subject of fear, um, fear and how it operates, mm. fear and how it spreads, um, fear and how um, how hopefully to over overcome it um i did it in a fun mm -hmm. medium uh, or a fashionable medium because i started this book actually like seven years ago and then just put it down for a good while and then uh once i got my life a little bit because you know, i got married in the process and things like that so um mm -hmm. uh, it's something i've actually just picked up about a few years ago um but yeah that's uh i i like i said i started with the ending like i knew how it was going to end and then i'd started going backwards from there um so obviously i'm not going to give away the ending but really yeah it was the topic of fear and how it evolves how it operates and how it may spread as quickly as it does um and so i wanted mm. to capture that through a fashionable medium which was at the time uh, a lot of zombie stuff was coming out uh, but i didn't want to just do regular zombies so uh, i wanted this to be something that's you know kind of like a lot of what fear is today it was man-made um and then propagated from there uh, and that at, at every turn uh people are uh, gonna ramp it up like oh i heard this i heard that um the rumors all come through and then and, and then from there it, it, it comes out as well so i wanted to show that a little in, in more of a physiological sense um but also as uh, something that's tr actually happening to people um so mm. uh that's just kind of how i tackled it you said the name charisma um, it's actually, it, it, I, 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 I want people to do a little homework. So that actually is a, is a Greek word. Um, uh, so that kind of mm. gives insight into it, but, um, I'll, I'll let okay. you guys look it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to say that at, at least for what I've read so far, it does have kind of a, a quiet place yeah. kind of feel, um, kind of that whole like family kind of trying to navigate. Um, in this like situation, mm -hmm. it was that 
Um, is, is the story really focused on the family or is, does it kind of open up as I know? Yeah, into? you'll have to, you have to keep reading. It does open up into, um, a bigger social, um, structure. Um, okay. that is the family is important for where Chris came from, but, um, uh, he does join a bigger community at large. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. I'm 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 looking really forward to continuing <laughs> yeah. to read that. Um, and at at the end of the podcast, uh, if you don't mind giving out your yeah. email um, um, for people who want to, uh, uh, yeah, because this it's a free book. Yeah, I mean you're you're getting top notch writing for free, so don't miss <laughs> out on this opportunity. Um, so um, what kind of gave you the? Um, I, I mean, you, you talked about how it's it's mm -hmm. fear um, that you're trying to kind of put into a, mm -hmm. a story and how it propagates and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But one of the challenges I have as, because um, I'm actually working on a kind of fantasy-esque novel mm -hmm. right now. Um, one of the challenges that I have is just even story mm -hmm. structure. Because um, there's a lot of different ways to tell yeah. a story, right? It can be from the perspective of a character. Um, it can be from a omnipotent narrator or it can be from a narrator who has limited knowledge, um, who doesn't yeah. know everything, right? So, um, like when you think about how to tell the story and mm -hmm. things like that, um, do you do you have to kind of think through the how the perspective is going to start? Like from which perspective you're going to tell the story? That's um, interesting. Uh, so this is a book I'm working on now. There is actually a novel I already finished, and I entered it into a, like a, a contest. Uh, so there's a publishing mm -hmm. company called Lee and Lowe, um, focuses on, on writers, uh, on minority writers, uh, who, so yeah, so I, uh, I entered it into a contest. I didn't win it, but they emailed me and let me know I, I finished like top five. Um, so do you, do you want to see if they can wow. go forward with this? Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, wait, so. When you were saying that you weren't published, you're just not published yes, yet. Yes, yes. I mean, we may or may <laughs> not. They're, I mean, with everything going on, um, and they're they're uh -huh. they're they're such a uh, smaller publishing company uh, trying to do great things, um, and mm -hmm. so uh, the response time is you know long uh, in between. But um, we're, I mean, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. I can only hope. Um, I can mm -hmm. only hope that that's where it's going. But. Um, yeah, hopefully that's it. Yeah, I'm not published yet. Um, <laughs> in, in the meantime, I mean, the, uh, the novel's just sitting there. The whole manuscript's done. It's it's that uh, I, I edited it as many times as I was going to, and then I just I'm done with it. Um, that one itself is a first person story. Um, the uh, the one that I sent you um, is third person. Um, mm -hmm. That's interesting that you asked that because. I guess with the no uh, novel that I sent you, things are happening on a global scale. So you you kind of need that dramatic irony. You need to be able to know uh, prior to what the characters know how the um, how the state of the uh, uh, the world is, uh, for you to be able to see in context mm -hmm. how the uh, people who are behaving, uh, why they're behaving the way that they're behaving. Whereas the one that I wrote before, the premise mm -hmm. for that is actually so it's a buildings from it's a coming of age story. Um, a uh, group of kids and just like high school um, um, re about to, you know, reach their graduation. So they're like next uh, stepping stone in life and things like that, or a milestone in life. Um, it's 
definitely not a horror story <laughs> or anything close. It's uh, it's it's almost like a satirical, sarcastic tone throughout. And um, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the boys is the uh, the narrator for that. Um, you have to know what's going on from from there. So whereas with the zombie one, I uh, I start out with like what's happening in the world and go into the character from here it's it's just like when you're growing up you have no idea what the f is going on out there you're just trying to grow as, mm-hmm. as best as you can um and so a lot of the stuff that that uh, the kids talk about you know when boys are getting uh together um they tend to lie a lot like exaggerate a lot things like that so really it's kind of confusing when you read it because you don't know what's true or not this guy just spews things uh. um and so in that way, I get to do something playful throughout the whole novel, where in the end, you're like, what is actually real? Uh, what is his identity? It's like a, a whole bunch of lies he tells, uh, along with a whole bunch of truths that he doesn't want to tell. Um, so in that way, it, it's fun storytelling um, throughout. Oh, oh wow. Wow. That, that's interesting, because um, one thing that I realized about what I'm writing right now is I... I tend to always gravitate toward telling the story from the character's perspective, but I always started from like a narrator perspective, like a third person. You go from third third to first? So it's like, yeah, so it's it's really confusing. So like I'm having to go back Uh and like edit it because like like I'm talking about the world, but then like once it kind of gets focuses Mm -hmm. on the story of Mm -hmm. like the characters, suddenly it's. Like it's only you only find out or you only know what the characters mm-hmm. know. So it, it gets like it gets really like mm-hmm. muddled. So um, like reading your book has actually helped me to like um, kind of uh, figure out ways to um, set up the way that I nice. want to tell my story. Yeah. So um, I have the entire story nice. outlined and I have uh, 75% of the first book completed but i'm gonna go back and kind of restructure it so that yeah so that it uh makes more sense like like but even then (laughs) i'm reading a lot of books lately where they are switching points of perspective um for every chapter even Mm. um one of the best uh well-known examples game of thrones that's multiple characters with first person perspective so um it's it's obviously uh however you tell the story as long as it's a captivating story uh, i think you're all good there's no way i think that was what really held me back in the past was what i would think of all these things in like seventh and eighth grade like literature class um telling me what not to do you know like the um, i don't know um stupid even punctuation stuff like mm. the oxford comma and things like that like it, it really does hold you back uh, yeah. one of the best advices i could give you yeah. or anybody is um uh, William Wordsworth, he was probably known as one of the best writers of his time at that time in that in that community. Uh, and so uh, mm-hmm. I forget what his biographer was like, you are it right now. You need to like sit down and write your like Magnus. You need to like write the best thing you've ever written. William Wordsworth sat down and he was like, OK, like, let's do it. And then he could he could freaking do it because uh, the way your brain structured, you have your left and right hemisphere. Uh, you're supposed to use one, like, don't just half-ass both. You have to use one where you just like purely creative, let that, let that engine just run. Um, and then from there, switch gears uh, to your uh, left hemisphere that allows you to go ahead and go back analytically and fix the mistakes that you made. Mm. But because William Wordsworth was like, this is the best thing I've, I'm going to be writing. Every single sentence he would look back at it, look back at it. And it was just so choppy that in the end he couldn't, 
even write anything half as good as like uh, the things he's done when he's just writing for the heck of it, you know? Um, so uh, I forgot that other author who said it, but um, was it Anne Lamott? In either case, just if it's crap, you just you just put it out, just write it as quickly, or I mean, uh, as a um, as long as you can, just by being creative, and then mm -hmm. the other half of your brain will do its work mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah, that's that's actually really good advice because th that exact uh, obstacle or, or that struggle of wanting to make it good as you're going, it really does cut the flow of the exactly. creative I mean, process, right? Perfect is um, the enemy of good. Mm, oh, wow. That's a good quote. <laughs> no, I didn't make it up. Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard it before. Perfect is, <laughs> but yeah, when you're trying to be perfect, you do end up, um, yeah, it, it's counter counterproductive. Mm. Mm, mm. So um, you, you did give uh, aspiring writers like myself um, advice. Is there anything else that you would, so if, if you could kind of go back in time and, and mm -hmm. talk to yourself, um, what kind of writing advice would you give? It can be anything from just like kind of uh -huh. philosophical advice or even things like, I want you to read these books or I want you to take these classes to hone your craft, um, like yeah. anything running um, the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it together. Read as much as you can, when you can. Um, mm -hmm. I want to say, um i was able to really wrestle with my identity and who i am and things like that um because i read so often and, and then um that when you read and it's and it, it, a lot of the stuff that i read was fiction so i'm not even talking about like self-help books or anything like that fiction itself allowed me to uh, hold the perspective of what I may or may not uh, look like in a, in a, a more objective tone. Um, so and in any given mm -hmm. situation, like where I'm, uh, it's, it's really hard when you're a part of um, these circumstances to look at the circumstances um, from far away. And so reading allowed me to go ahead and do that uh, by practicing it because it's entertaining, first of all. And then later, those infrastructure, or I mean, the, uh, you know, uh, the neurons in my brain were already set in place for me to like just fill in the uh, fill in the bubbles um, and realize, yeah, that maybe what I'm doing is unwise or I could be doing this better or, you know, this situation is just uh, better avoided or things like that. So it helped me as a person by being able to read as much as um, I did. Um, and, and a lot of them were just like, you know, mm. teen fiction and things like that. But that allows, yeah, the neurons in your brains to structure themselves in such a way that you can later see yourself in that way as well. Um, if that's the best way I can put it. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. No, that's great. Great. Mm -hmm. So just reading a lot. Now that's kind of the number one advice. Is, is there anything else? Um, um, and like along your journey into kind of becoming the writer that you are, um, what was kind of key and uh, definitely writing as much as possible as well um reading if 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 you're mm. trying to become a writer reading obviously is like studying those who have come before you and things like that and writing itself is um then investing in yourself you know um so i'm i'm journaling mm. a lot kind of uh on a daily basis um and i have actually since like yeah around the third or fourth grade um i I, I probably have dozens upon dozens of journals around actually 
Do people see these videos? Do a lot of people? Uh, it's, uh, not not as much as okay. the podcast. Itself. Well, you can just describe um, this. I've, but I can put the box underneath my desk right here. Yeah. I don't know what you think of it, but. <laughs> you can edit this part out, right? Where it's just like nice and long. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I like um, it. I like it. I recently moved, which is why all of this is, is just in my box right now. Um, mm -hmm. I have currently that I'm working on are five journals. Um, this journal is wow. uh, is is my everyday journal. It's um, it's my what I call my mm -hmm. uh, com complete sentences journal. Um, so where I get to like sit down mm -hmm. and like just really write and things like that. This is my daily carrier. Um, okay. This is called a traveler's notebook. Oh, wow. So uh, it's just actually just the leather on the outside, uh, and it's real leather, so it ends up being like you really textured and things like that after you use it for a while. Uh, but everything inside is going to be uh, elastics, mm -hmm. so uh, the inserts are uh insertable you can take them out uh whenever you're finished and insert it so i have my planner i see uh my notes uh my uh mm -hmm. when i do my qts uh, uh it, there's one whole notebook for that another one where when i come across words that i just want the definition of um this is a journal for allison oh, wow. um i write love letters to her in it um <laughs> so oh. this is a daily daily but um when i get the time and the privacy because, you know, I live with her, so I don't want to, like, be writing in a letter and then just ignore right. her. Uh, that would be ironic. But um, so, yeah, I, I write in that when I can, and then <laughs> she gets to read it every few weeks whenever she wants to. This is my creative journal. Um, mm. So all my uh, notes for novels and things like that go in it. Um, and so those are the mm. ones I keep. I have a drawing journal. So uh, I'm... I want to eventually make like a graphic novel if I ever do. Uh, so I'm trying to, yeah. So I'm trying. Oh to, yeah, that's right. It's, you, it's you've been not posting, yeah, into fruition as much. So I'm just in the, I'm just in the, the practice phase because it, it, it's, it's obviously a lot harder than I had imagined to. But um, <laughs> just drowning random yeah. crap in it, some mountains wow. and things. But so yeah. Wow. No and. I, I remember uh, the most recent, I, I believe the most recent uh, uh -huh. drawing that you posted was, it's like a that woman was, with a spear um, battling like that a was lizard. My monster, Valentine's right? Day. So we do handmade gifts every Valentine's because um, the way that wow. it happens are my birthday's wow. in January and then my, uh, and our anniversary is March. So starting in December, it's, it's a lot of gifts. Uh, especially for Allison, so you know, Christmas gift, birthday gift, <laughs> yeah. uh, Valentine's, and then uh, and then the uh, anniversary in March. So um, for Valentine's, we take a break. It's just handmade gifts. Uh, she cheated this year, but um, I don't have the oh the actual drawing. Duh, it's it's hanging in her wall. But here's like the uh, the practice drawing. So that's that's okay. Allison. She's been dealing is <laughs> because she just came out with her uh, new business model and things like that. So. She's been battling a lot of, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, confidence issues. Like, will people actually like my products and things like that? Um, and so I try to mm. illustrate her um, standing up to these fears, basically. 
um, and the note at the bottom was um, I see. the monsters they fear you because she's yeah man right. she, she kills it so other than that uh-huh so um so just uh, I just wanted to kind of ask about all the different uh-huh. um, journals that you have and the purpose for them because the first one you showed you you said it's your yeah. complete sentences journal um is it because your other journals no, they're not the one um, I carry around or? um they're mostly just like bullet points and things like that so um just random thoughts I might have mm. it might even just be a word I'll just write that down so, since you know it, it might even just be at work or something so I don't have the time to like sit down and develop the thoughts um so i'll go back and revisit it and Mm -hmm. then if i believe it's um important enough then i go ahead and write it uh write it fully like i i've thought it all out and like what it really means to me what it means um to yeah without knowing the topics i get that (laughs) that sounds like what i'll I'll write something like like for allison's drawing for example like i'll write like fear uh and bravery or something and Mm -hmm. i'll go back and develop it how can i illustrate it um and then yeah it's just uh it's more of a stream of consciousness but i try to structure it um that way it's structured in my mind um Mm. what's what's surprising a lot of times when i go back to reread this is uh i have the same uh, epitomes over and over and over again um and then but it'll feel Mm. new to me every time so by writing it down i can evolve that thought rather than just having the exact same aha moments and it just feels like a waste of time so mm. uh, for me to write it down, have to like really think about it and in such a way that I have to structure it into, into sentences. Uh, again, uh, makes the neurons in my brain like uh, shift in such a way that it's now a structure that I can add upon. Um, so if I had an idea like, oh, let's define fear. Uh, and then I'm not just redefining fear every year or something like that. From there, I'm involving to like, how can we, how can we, uh, how can we face fear? Uh, what would that look like? Uh, what are the different examples of it? Um, mm-hmm. Are there, yeah, exact, uh, exact examples I, I can't think of right now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, no. That's great. Yeah. No, so that's, that's actually really good advice. Um, the fact that you kind of allow yourself to kind of, vomit all the ideas that you have um however little developed they are and kind of being able to go back to those um develop the ones you feel like are worth developing because i don't think that's a practice that many of us right exactly practice. and that goes back right. to the, the the story with william wordsworth again like I, i'm gonna vomit at everything i'm gonna just it's just gonna be out there and then i know that later on i've developed mm. the skills to be able to sit there and just be like okay let's uh, let's arrange this now kind of thing um but that wasn't something that's just all mm-hmm. not something that's easy. I recognize that, but it's something that you can do a little more of every day. And I, I guarantee you any skill that you, that you water uh, will become better. And now it's at a point in my life where it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, if it's missing from it, uh, then it, it feels strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you, you talked about the, the love letters yeah. that you write uh, for your, your wife. Um, one of the most impactful social media posts I've seen in my recent past is your post about um, about your wife and kind of how uh, you wanted to see her flourish and you wanted to see her bloom. So, um, yeah, can, can you talk about that a little bit, or is that nah, something man. you want to keep private? Uh, if, if it is, I could that's probably totally talk fine. about Allison forever. It's honestly a story like some little girl yeah. some little boys even out there need to listen and take um 
take a lot of lessons from because yeah man she's making it right now you know what mm. i'm saying she's like hit one of those tipping points where like Malcolm Gladwell's book where you like you work 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 and you hit a tipping point and suddenly like everything else exponentially grows she's hit that because she's been um first and foremost she's been uh just absolutely um uh consistent with her work for six and a half years I, I remember the first day when she was like in her corporate job mm -hmm. and she was racking her mind whether or not she should be um quitting it so she can go to at the time uh this was uh when she was uh ramping up flower crown society uh her business prior to what she has now mm -hmm. um and then once she quit she just took off running uh networking uh she was wedding planning she was uh as a wedding florist like she was just she was just working um she wasn't overworking herself to the point where like the stress mm. was like deteriorating her from the inside or anything like that she was just joyfully working because she loved to work um and create like that's the thing like she just mm. loved to create it's uh mind-boggling to me that she sits down and does like this simple thing over and over and over and over again and then when you step back and look at it it's, it's like a mural it's like a giant mural and she, that was literally actually one of her projects in college where she just drew a triangle um for hours and then step back and it, it had like uh it had evolved into this like imagine like a giant dragon uh the, the whole thing was like 20 feet by like 15 feet or wow. something like that um and but it all started with like drawing a single mm. triangle and then doing it again and again and again and again and then oh next thing you know it's it's an act it's a piece of artwork um that's basically her life you know every single day mm. uh she hustles i i don't know how else to uh describe it she just hustles like the first year of her uh of her uh, business was just her emailing as many people as possible um and the worst they, uh, they could say is no that's mm -hmm. just all she kept saying and then uh out of a hundred emails she gets one uh reply back like hey let's collaborate on a project that'll be like a several week project then so even if it's just one percent that uh emailed back uh that ends up being uh something that consumes her for the next month and then when it comes out god it's it's, it's beautiful you know what i'm saying mm. so when she decided to apply herself to yeah. something uh right now is still an extension of that it's it's never stopped basically um she's a late bloomer i keep saying because mm. of the fact that she's come into her identity so much later than i feel like a lot of people claim to have um but i only think that's because she's so honest mm -hmm. with herself that you know she's like this isn't still <laughs> my final form you know like this is i can still keep going um uh, but because right, right. she's honest with herself <laughs> she doesn't have to work through the bs first um get to to get to her core she's already started with it and that's why she at such a young age uh where uh where high school college she seemed like she was so far behind but it was because we had packed on all of these other um things that we we wanted to seem like we were and then we had to undo everything before like really trying to come into who we were for her she was always who she was and then she she was just slowly packing on like actual honest truths about herself from there um so that's why i say i always say that she's such a late bloomer um because lately her identity is I, I believe almost unshakable to the point where she knows who she is as you know god's daughter is um as my wife um but uh it started with with a very small seed, I would say. Um, so I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, mm -hmm. or if you wanted me to go into more about it. No, 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 no. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'll, yeah. No, so um, 
I'm I'm actually uh, I'm I'm hoping to have. I, I know Allison's super busy, so if it doesn't work She's out, also really shy. It's totally understandable, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping to have her on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm hoping I can uh-huh. convince her to be a, a guest on the podcast as well. Um, but uh, just what one of the really striking things that you talked about was how um, you felt like in in like when you were in Atlanta, your attention was so divided with a lot of the different things that you were doing, um, and. You, you made the decision, I'm, I'm going to uh-huh. drop all these things so that I can you know, focus on really like helping my wife flourish. Um, like, how, how did you even like come to the, like, how do you even identify something like that, right? Um, like come uh-huh. to the realization that that's happening and like how, how did you come to the decision <laughs> I, I'm gonna forego everything so that it I can wasn't. Help my, my I, wife I, I don't want to give myself that much credit. It wasn't a single singular thought like that. Um, in 2014, when we got married, there were several things happening in my life. Uh, I was attending seminary. Um, I was the director of uh, youth and young adults at Hamdit Presbyterian Church, um, as well as. Yep. Uh, I was a TA, a, a tutor on campus. Um, I was working for um, international affairs on campus too, to help pay for my tuition, uh, as well as uh, managing a uh, just an admissions location, um, like just doing car emissions so that they can get tested for their registration and things like that. So I was managing mm-hmm. a location there. Um, and no, I wasn't at Starbucks just yet. So yeah, uh, I had a lot going on. Uh, on top of that, I mean, uh, as director of youth and young adults, I was um, I was spending a lot of time with people, um, uh, students, and uh, mm. and things like that. So Allison was, I don't want to say cast off to the side because she was there for all of it, um, but. I recognize that there was never a point where it was, you know, how can I say that I'm um, in any way a leader to any number of people and then not be that in my own household, you know? So it, um, it was something that I did for a while and then mm-hmm. it was more of a conviction. I, I don't want to give myself the credit to say that, you know, I took a look at my situation and realized what I must do next. It was nothing like that. It was definitely a conviction. Just like when I started with Hamid, um, that was a conviction and uh, it was just something I had to follow, I felt. Um, this was also a conviction where I, I, I feel like I was um, there for Hamid during the time that it needed to be at the most, um, especially because I gave, you know, my entire 20s, like from 21 all the way through uh, 29, um, where I just, yeah, man, I was there because I felt like God uh, was calling me to whatever this humble calling may be. Um, and then after that, it was like, dude, okay, go love my daughter. So. Uh, I was like, yes, uh, it mm. could have happened in Atlanta, but I, I, I know I was still um, tied to a lot of things. Um, and so when we talked about settling down, we mm. kind of looked at each other for a little bit and realized neither of us wanted to in Georgia at the time anyway. Uh, I, don't, I can't tell you what it was. It was a pulling of the heart or something like that. Uh, but she has an incredibly adventurous mm-hmm. uh, heart. Um, that I can appreciate. So uh, California was something we were looking at. Um, Colorado ended up just being a trip that we we're going to take um, to uh, 
to mm. to see the landscape and things like that and we just fell in love with it and we looked it up and the price to live here was pretty comparable with how it was when we were living in Decatur so we're like why not then I mean mm. worst comes to worst yeah we'll just move back and continue doing what we're doing uh but one year's nothing to us if it means mm. we can have this year to like truly like focus on our marriage and things like that um once I got here and a year passed she was still like growing you know um and all the other interests that we had the more we found out about those interests the more we realized there was there was more to do and things like that so it just um a year just seemed too short um so in the time that we've been here uh, all that time that i spent in every other avenue um is now spent on her and for every big life change that we go to you know, mm. any couple out there for any big life change that you go through you will argue you will uh fight at least have disagreements uh we have some epic fights and so for every right. big life change you're gonna have you are going to need to recalculate <laughs> and re um reevaluate and then realign so um suddenly she she had too much attention from mm. me i was i was feeling like i was giving too much and then you know like stupid things like that um so once we were able to like come to an equilibrium it's been mm. it's been um it's been a blast man Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, that again, it, it was really impactful because I, I am a yeah, husband father. and like, I, I feel like there are some parallels. I'm, I'm a father now. Uh, and there are some parallels because uh, Shirley is, um, she's trying to be, she's like an aspiring entrepreneur. She's trying to um, start her uh, Ooh, bubble tea sorry, business. <laughs> um, so when, when I saw that, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> uh but um yeah so just like when i saw that post uh, it just gave me a strong conviction of like having to reevaluate how i'm treating my wife as well like am i really giving her the space the attention and just like the emotional nourishment that she needs to flourish um and it's just it's like something that i'm kind of like i'm attempting to um on a daily basis try to evaluate and kind of recalibrate as well I'm so, um, yeah, I, I just, I wanted to thank you for that post because it was really, it, it's very vulnerable, right? It's very open. It's very real. Um, and yeah, I think it, it really did inspire. It, it inspired me for sure. And I'm sure it inspired a lot of other people yeah, man. Um, that, that saw it as well. If there's anything so, I learned from Allison, yeah, I mean, uh, it is that the inspired are inspiring. Um, and so it's a ripple effect. I mean, she was inspired to do what she does i was inspired in part and then mm -hmm. yeah man it's good to hear that it goes beyond that um so thank you yeah yeah um and, and on the off chance that uh, allison is too busy to do the podcast um i do want to give a shout out to flower crown well, society formerly flower crown society exactly now, now it's uh heritage, heritage and bloom and yes um heritage and bloom kind of is uh, a uh so she has rebranded uh so it's still it's still the same business but uh rebranded so every, a lot of things are new um uh, the collections are new um all the logos and the name obviously um uh, but the name heritage and bloom is um god as a writer it's it's I, I love it heritage itself is it just gives you a real like um a foundational oaky like you know it's been there forever 
uh, kind of imagery, you know, heritage, like it, it, mm. it's, it's, it's the roots, you know what I'm saying? And then bloom is just this, uh, this very evanescent, like, mm. uh, it'll be beautiful, but like it, so very fleeting. So you have to absolutely like just cherish it while it's there kind of thing. Uh, so the two different, uh, one very kind of like, you know, mm. uh, moody, the other very kind of like colorful put together. Um, so the words themselves, definition wise, they're, they're opposing, but it, it, when you really think about it, they don't oppose at all. That's the reality of a lot of things. Um, and, and that came from her, uh, right desire to actually to learn more about her life i mean it's a lot of it is personal but um mm. like she has a lot of relatives like in uh, japan for example and at the time uh i don't really have to uh, oh. go into too much of it but you know, if if there if two generations right, ago right. Koreans ended up in Japan, I mean, there there kind of is a reason for that. Um, it wasn't entirely up to them. Right. Um, so mm. in that way, she's also being like a, her own her own uh, business and just flourishing. And that self is like it's a generational curse broken right there. But mm. uh, she's doing so much just by like being out there and like truly, truly being able to inspire people i don't she's she makes jewelry but it's weird to say that like mm -hmm. she inspires people but she truly does do her jewelry because she uh, with every piece that she makes she's, she's hoping that this makes somebody feel beautiful um it's an earnest earnest thing uh she's not doing it for branding mm -hmm. she's not doing it for like um you know just profit margin or anything like that i i see her and i i i watch the process happen and she's like she's literally like as she's making it with her hands like i hope this makes someone feel beautiful um and and that's because that's the struggle that she went through it's mm. like trying to find out where she came from like the heritage part of it the foundation of who she is and who she uh and that allowed her to jump off from uh from there to who she became today uh which is the bloom part obviously i guess um that uh that itself is a whole story that just yeah. needs to be told and then she keeps talking about how like oh man how can i how can i how can i get that message across and i keep telling her like it's you don't have to do that you don't have to sit there and like and like come up with that because you 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 live it like that's that's just who you are right now so the name itself wasn't something mm -hmm. she thought of and like wrote like a thousand words on a whiteboard and like looked at it she was just reading a book it was a historical fiction about uh, about koreans um i forget what it's called but at the time she we we're just both in bed she was reading i was reading something else and she just turned to me and she was just like heritage in bloom i was like "Ooh, i like that what is that <laughs> So yeah, man, it's a, it's a great juxtaposition <laughs> that if you step back a little more actually ends up wow. being uh, two parts of a, of a whole, um, uh, just like how the Korean flag, like she has a, mm. a collection out net, uh, right now that's called Teguki because uh, she took a lot of her inspirations from shapes on, on the Teguki, the Korean flag. And uh, when you look at it, the, uh, the uh, trigrams on the, uh, on the corners wow. of it, those are actually all uh, 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 juxtaposing meanings. Uh, but really, in the end, those uh, those represent different cycles of life that uh, that is required to. And what's in the center is the tekuk, the um, the uh, the you know the red and blue yin yang uh, to achieve balance. So it, it's right. a seasonal it's a seasonal thing. It's a uh, it's the coming together of like two differences or several differences all coming together to show that it's actually part of one mm. large global. Um, I don't know, not global, but like a whole.
Right, right. And, and we, we got to give her a shout out as well, because uh, you talked about her inspiring people um, through her work, but she's actually making a difference right now because yeah, she's making uh, masks, right? Uh, yeah, so as you guys know, because of COVID-19, there's a, been a shortage of surgical masks um, because people are buying them. Um, but what, what your wife, Allison, is doing is she's actually, uh, with the materials that she has, uh, I think you said mm -hmm. it was um, for her headbands originally. Yes. So she, but she's well, she actually went and them, uh, got right? a curbside pickup from Joanne's, too, uh, just for this. She um, So her business, a Flower Crown Society, used to, wow. or still does, actually, um, these headbands, like like. Uh, just different color, different shape uh, headbands. Um, and they like fly off the shelves. Like people love them. Um, and so uh, mm. those have been one of those like consistent breadwinners kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, man, she she came home with it because she found the how-to guide. Um, I mean, obviously they're not as effective as those uh, the N95 rated uh, medical professional uh, masks or whatever. Um, those are, I think like 97% effective, but when mm -hmm. like hospitals and she's in touch with, uh, healthcare professionals, like right. friends in Seattle, uh, uh, Atlanta here, um, that are experiencing shortage. So, uh, those, uh, the fabric ones are not as effective. I think they're about 75, 74% yeah. effective, but in the end, like when you're out and there's nothing else that for you to mm -hmm. use, like having something is better than nothing. Um, so 74 percent effective it's still pretty effective uh when, sure. it's, when it's when it's coming down to the coming down to the grind mm -hmm. so um she went and picked it up and then so she mm -hmm. did the measurements and then she like looked up and she was like hey i was like what she's like these are the exact same measurements uh that i would cut for my headbands uh, yeah so like you know god talks to her a wow. lot in like coincidences and like this is something that's gone back like a decade where she's like she always is spoken to in, in coincidences such as this, like how much more affirming can it be? Like she's made the exact same cuts. She's made thousands of these. I want to say tens of thousands at least where uh, she just sat there and cut them herself. And then, um, and wow. then she has a little humble sewing machine. So uh, she sews every single one of them herself. And so for her to like sit there and then like, cause she's been wrestling with this for last week. Like, what can I do? How can I like help? Uh, and then she, and then she, this is what she found, went and picked it up, mm. came back, sat down and make it. And she was like, this is the exact same cuts I've been making in my studio for six, seven years. So how much more affirming can that be? You know? Wow. Yeah. So she'll be, oh, yeah, that was just amazing. Say, so she'll be uh, Man, making I... these. And, um, a lot of people have actually reached out to see if they can help. So a lot of people are like sponsoring to or a handful of people are sponsoring and things like that to uh, pay for the wow. cost as long as you know she puts in the work for the labor and then you know send it out to her friends in um seattle mm. and atlanta and here mm. um so if someone listening um wanted to help out in that uh, are you guys are you I taking any more uh, they'll have uh, to help reach out to but i mean I'll, I'll again i'll give my email at the end okay. so i can just forward that to her or something. okay uh-huh okay great great um so yeah let's i think that's a good segue um into kind of just talking about the current state of things with covid19 um uh, another thing it, it's funny because i feel like um a lot of what you post is very inspirational and thought-provoking 
the most recent thing that was really thought provoking for me was because you talked about how your community is 2% Asian Americans. Um, so uh, when you, you kind of had an uh, uh, experience at, yeah. at a local grocery store, right? Um, kind of related um, to COVID-19. You want to talk about that a little before bit? that. So when we went to the wedding in Atlanta, we drove so we can take our dogs, um, it, which ended up being the best because we didn't want to go through mm -hmm. an airport if we had if we didn't have to and things like that. Um, so coming back, we're obviously stopping by like restaurant, uh, restrooms and whatnot. And there was a rest area where, yeah, man, it was like Monday, Tuesday morning, this past Tuesday morning. So things were starting to like really hit the fan with like the lockdowns and things like that. And that's when like the nation was like, oh no, like this is real. Um, I, we had already gone to the bathroom and mm. used it. Uh, so fortunately we didn't have to go back in, but we're letting the dogs out, just stretch their legs and whatnot. And I noticed there was like a, a guy, like a trucker, like 20 feet away from us, like with his arms crossed, just watching us. It was, it was the weirdest thing. Like he was just standing there watching us the entire time. We we're like letting the dogs out. I, I want to I say like at least like 15 minutes worth. Um, I did want to be like, hey, can I help you or something like that? But I didn't want to spark anything either, especially when we're just trying to get home. This is like in the middle of Kentucky, I think. Um, mm. But it almost looked like he was like standing between us in the bathroom, like protecting the bathroom or something. Didn't want us coming in. He only actually like walked away after we got back in the car and left. Wow. Um, Allison didn't see him. She was running around with uh, Bruno trying to, He's a high energy dog, so we were trying, uh, she was trying to uh, burn some of that energy. But once I noticed, like I couldn't stop looking over there because it was, I don't know what it was. Anyway, so that was the first real inkling of like, hey, uh, something's yeah. happening around this. Um, Allison herself uh, was uncomfortable about going into gas stations for the restroom, uh, especially in rural, more rural areas. But um, yeah, so every time she had to, she went in, I went in with her, and it was, yeah, it was just taking extra precautions and things like that, um, because we realized we started getting stairs in mm -hmm. rural areas. Um, once we got here, we wanted to just make sure, like, it's, mm -hmm. rather than prevention, we were trying to keep from spreading, just in the case that we were asymptomatic, uh, after having met so many people at the wedding. Um but we ventured out a couple of days ago. Uh, we waited until the last half hour, uh, half hour before it, it all closed. Um, they changed the times to 8 p.m. closing. So we waited till 7.30 to go out to our local groceries. Um, when we got in there, man, it was, it was a little freaky, man. Like people like was either like looking at us too long or like not meeting eyes at all. Uh, and I think for me to like get out of my, mm. like, you know, like look at it from that perspective for if, the, if it is truly, you know, 2% in it, I can, I can attest to that. I, I walk around. It, it, it really is um, jarring to see an Asian person sometimes. And so for them to see it in, 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 in light of what's happening right now, mm -hmm. especially with uh, the virus itself being called the Chinese virus on, 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 in some circles, it's, it's, telling of what some people may be thinking. Um, so when we're walking around, obviously uh, we're all social distancing and that's fine, but it was like, dude, you're 20 feet away. You don't have to look at me like, 
in the way that you're looking at me, which is like kind of a mixture of like uncertainty, awkwardness, and definitely a little bit of fear all that roll up in the one. And I'm sure for them, it's like, you know, they've gone through their whole day mm -hmm. and this, we're like the first indication of something foreign because uh, Fort Collins is kind of a bubble. So we're the first indication of something foreign that may be in the area. Um, so obviously I can see why somebody might uh, associate it with us with the coronavirus. Um, I work on campus here at CSU um, and they're not here anymore. But when I was working there back in like February before this was like as big as it was, um, student, there was a student and his friend uh, standing by my counter. And then like, he looked up and he saw me and then he turned to his friend and was like, so the coronavirus is real. Um, I know he didn't mean it like that, you know, like, but for him, like, I know the association wow. is there. Like he looked at me, he saw an Asian person. And then the first thing in his mind that he saw in the news recently was the coronavirus. So it wasn't um, insulting in any way, but I, I can definitely see why the association was there as well. Um, but things like that, man, I, I, right now it's causing that association is causing mm. fear and it's, it's, yeah, man, it's jarring. That's all I can really say right now. Um, so in a lot of ways, I'm afraid to go to work. I'm yeah, uh, because we work so much with the public. It, wow. it doesn't, you know, the municipal government doesn't discriminate or, uh, doesn't, uh, it serves everybody. Uh, everybody who's a resident of the city, it serves everyone. So we do come across a lot of different types of people. Um, and sometimes some people can be right. different from others uh, when it comes to how they react to who they meet. Um, so, yeah, man, it's it's a reality we're, we're right. trying to, I don't know, define right now. Yeah, you know, because when this first broke out, um, I did see a lot of things of people saying they're yeah. experiencing like these micro microaggressions. But once it started becoming more worldwide, especially with like that huge outbreak in Italy, I mean, cause a, a lot yeah. of the European countries, um, they're having to deal with it and all that. Right. So uh -huh. I felt like it was dying down a little bit there. But. I see, I see a resurgence, um, even, even with Trump. Uh, I don't know if you saw the post by, uh, I think Washington Post yeah. put it up. It's a picture of uh, one of the speeches. Yeah, that, yeah he crossed that corona with so the Chinese virus, right? Uh, so it, it's, you, exactly. Um, he's trying to play to his base, right? Um, I, I mean, but not to get political, but just, just, I think as Asian Americans, we do have to be aware that um, this isn't something that just went away. Like it's, it's still mm -hmm. there, um, especially in the more rural areas. Um, there are um, these micro racist yeah. like remarks or glances or gestures that's happening. Um, so I, I don't know, like I, as an Asian American, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a very no confrontation kind of guy. Um, mm -hmm. So even if someone did something, I don't, I don't think I would do anything about it. But I, I just it just makes me think and wonder is that the right thing to do as an Asian American and so obviously we, we don't have the answers but do you have any thoughts on that like what is the appropriate response to sure man I um some of the some I guess of the it situations would that you went what through. the response looked like um if if somebody was being a little more violent obviously that'd be a different mm -hmm. that warrant a different response from uh, if somebody was just making a comment or something like that and I didn't feel like I was in danger 
um, it, 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 it does uh, put a responsibility on us that we, uh, as Asian Americans, a responsibility uh, in terms of uh, this is the opportunity to educate this exact person, the exact person, kind of person that we need to educate, they're standing right in front of us right now. So um, that is an opportunity, but however, none of us need to take that responsibility and call it ours because no one's being asked to, you know, this isn't supposed to be a responsibility, but um, if there is somebody standing in front of us and they are being ignorant, then it's, it's, it's an opportunity mm. that we can uh, address that exact problem one person at a time, because really uh, we can address it, you know, on social media or something like that on a, try to do it on a broader scale, uh, but we can do it uh, real time right now with somebody if they are making racist comments. I mean, if somebody was being angry or like, or something like that, that, uh, that I'm just even near them, um, probably just let them know yeah I'm, I'm an american just like you um you're afraid of me probably because I, I seem foreign to you and 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 i'm a lot more relatable than you think um if they can't take that obviously because you know they're right amygdala is you know that's the part of the brain that that makes you afraid uh and so they're using that rather than their frontal lobes there's no there's nothing i can do to teach them at the moment mm -hmm. that will change their behavior but i can say something that will remain a memory that may or may not um, inform them later of their actions once they were able to calm down a little bit and actually digest what my, I may have said. Uh, but as an Asian American right now, we can all equip ourselves with what it would mean for us to make the world a better place in, in every single interaction, including the ones that we didn't ask for, but is now here. So, yeah. Wow, that's good. I, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't think I need to say any more on that. Um, well, yeah, damn. you know, kid, it's been an hour. Um, is there anything else? It really I, does, dude. Like, right? man, there's gonna be so He's many awkward silences. By, right? I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do, do, is there? Because really, um, I, I really want. Actually, you might not like. You might not like this, but. Mm -hmm. um because i feel like the listeners kind of know who you are now <laughs> I, know exactly. I wanted to give yeah. a funny uh, story about one of the <laughs> first experiences because <laughs> uh, when i was in seventh grade seventh eighth grade you were in like eighth and ninth grade so you were a grade above me so you were you were older than me and i i used to kind of be scared of you um you were kind of part of the more uh tough tough guy crew right and I remember somehow we ended up eating dinner together one day with with my good friend Andrew and uh, you and someone else. And uh, it was before yeah, credit cards, so we all had to pay in cash for the dinner. And I remember you orchestrated how we were gonna pay. Um, you're saying, "Oh, you give me the twenty, I'll give you the 10. And then like we kind of like switched bills all around, and then you made it work at the end. I was like. Oh, that's cool. He's like, he's a lot nicer than I thought. Um, but then after, after I got home, I realized, wait, I paid twenty dollars for a, a twelve dollar meal. <laughs> um, and I, I just remember thinking, oh, he was he trying to like no, yeah, take money from me? And I, I, know, I know that's not the case because so uh, we talked about it after. <laughs> I was really trying because I just like uh, everybody had like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. No, but 
I, I think I thought that way is because I kind of had kind of this opinion of you without really knowing who you were. You were just kind of like, oh, he, he's the kind of guy who like goes around beating people up if they like look at him in the wrong way. Like that's kind of the opinion that I had of you. Um, so I think that probably informed my uh, the, no, the reason I why I thought you, that you had swindled uh, me out of my mind. about how like <laughs> but, uh, Allison was able to like, yeah. make layers of herself <laughs> that are actual truths about herself. With a lot of us, uh, a lot of the guys even, um, <laughs> there's a layer, a lot of layers about us that are that are not true, but we put it up as a front. So uh, those are the kind of I, I'm a recovering jerk. I know, mm -hmm. I, uh, and I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I made certain uh, decisions <laughs> based on uh, how I wanted to be seen and things like that. So, man, I, I don't blame you at all for thinking that. <laughs> That's a funny story, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, but yeah, it, I always nah. like telling it. Um, I actually wanted to tell it uh, on this podcast because just to juxtapose like who you are as a person now and kind of shock people um, like how you were before. Because, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I I think we've talked about it before, but it's just even even when because uh, uh -huh. I uh -huh. I feel I felt the same way about uh, Namu Hyung, who's who's my pastor now uh, uh -huh. at Sugarloaf, nicest guy ever, but I, he's one of those uh, tough guy people that I I used to fear when I was in a middle school and high school. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I just thank you so much for making the time to do this today, Kit. Um, it, the conversation was really great. It was really insightful, super inspiring, um, especially I feel like I personally got so much out of it. Um, just talking about your kind of uh, growth as a writer and as a husband and in the ways that you inspire or you try to support your wife. Um, I, I, I take a lot of personal lessons for me because it, it applies to me in a lot of a lot of ways. <laughs> um, so. Guys, if, if any of what we talked about today resonated with you, if you have any questions for Kit, um, you can email me at ishthdpodcast at gmail.com. That's, I hope they hear this abbreviated, uh, podcast at gmail.com, or Instagram at I hope they hear this, or on Twitter at ishthdpodcast. And sure. Kit, if, if you want to give out uh, your email first so people foremost, who man, want to uh, contact you, you directly. Yeah, I mean, you keep saying I inspired you, but uh, you inspire me. So keep doing what yeah. you're doing. I, I love this. Um, just being able to, you know, in the time and age, especially now when we just we just need uh, one another, man. Um, thanks for doing this. Um, and yeah, if anybody wants, uh, if anybody wants, uh, mm. uh, of course, wants to help with, uh, I don't know how much help Allison wants. I mean, she can only put out so many masks, uh, but I can also go ahead and forward that to her as well. But um, on top of that, if you just want a PDF yeah. of um, the novel that I'm working on currently, um, you can just email me at sjx. S-E-U-N-G at gmail.com. Again, uh, that's S-J-X-S-E-U-N-G at gmail.com. Awesome. Great. And I, again, I really recommend you guys getting a copy of this because it, it really is uh, <laughs> high caliber writing. Um, so you're basically getting a book for free. Uh, it's not finished, but it's, yeah, it's, I'm really enjoying it. It's, uh, I will say it's it's hard to yeah. really get time to sit down and read these days just because uh, I have a baby now. But but whenever I get the time, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, read a, again, a few it's, pages. It's, it's a little it's, violent. It's, like, it's, it's really not good. what you would expect. So, um, so it's kind of PG-13. Yeah, so just put that <laughs> out there. Um, but it is what it is. No, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> okay. 
Well, yeah, again, Kit, uh, thank you for being on. Uh, and to Appreciate the listeners, you. thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Awesome.